Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Friday, the 19th of May. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast, presented as always by our title sponsor, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsor of everything, Zaslow Show 2.0. None of this, from day one, none of this is possible without Anajar and Levine. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. If you got a personal injury, if you had an accident, you want 
a personal injury attorney to deal with you like you're a member of their family. You're a listener of my show. I practically consider you my family. And that's why I send you to Anajar and Levine. They're going to deal with you like your family as well and help you get the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3. Your boy is tired today. We're all tired today. We all stayed up into the wee hours of Friday morning to watch your Florida Panthers, your favorite little hockey team, take a 1-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals of the Stanley Cup playoff. And you know what? If you didn't, like if it didn't feel real yet, I don't know how it couldn't have, but now the Panthers are officially in the back half of the march to the Stanley Cup. You get through the second round, eight wins, you're halfway there. Now you got seven wins remaining. They're into the back half. <clears throat> They're into the, the back nine or the back eight, if you will. And now, with a win in the Eastern Conference Finals, you're three wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup. Last night was unbelievable. We're all super tired. Winning is so much better than losing. That's mine. I I own that quote. Winning is so much better than losing, especially on a night like last night where we're all dragging ass today. Now, thank God it's a Friday. So let's all just get through the day. We keep it moving and we got the weekend. And by the way, it's not even like you got any time to rest now. You got the heat tonight. Game two. Heat Celtics, so this potential two-week stretch of historic South Florida sports games started two nights ago with a great Heat win in Boston and and an historic Panther win in Carolina. That's how you get this stretch started. Now we head into the weekend. Both of our teams have stolen the home advantage. And now you're looking for a stranglehold tonight with Miami and Boston, tomorrow with the Panthers in Carolina. So we're going to talk a ton of Panther hockey today. We're going to get you ready for the Heat tonight, Heat and Celtics game two. My guy is Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA Radio, afternoon drive with Eddie Johnson. He's a, he's a major Heat hater. You guys hate his guts, all right? I like Termini a lot. I think he's excellent. He'll join the show. He's been on with us before. I've been on with him before. So we'll do Heat Celtics with him. He's a Heat hater. You're not going to want to miss it. So Termini will join us. It's Friday. So you know what that means. Got big movie, not a big movie. We got big game, not a big game. We got to make sure we know what the big games are. So we obviously got that coming up. But let's start off with the marathon that was Panthers-Hurricanes game one. Longest Panther game in the history of the franchise. (coughs) Sixth longest game in the history of the National Hockey League. But longest game in Florida Panther history. Previous longest game, of course, was Game 4. Stanley Cup Finals, 1996. Yui Krupp, the beginning of the fourth overtime. No, beginning of the third overtime, excuse me. In the beginning of the third overtime, 104 minutes total. Yui Krupp gets the winner, gets it past Van Beesbrook. They win 1-0. They win the Stanley Cup. Last night, surpassed it 
by a good deal. That that game ended early in the third. This game ended very late in the fourth. 12 seconds remaining. See, here's the best part of last night. Not just that the Panthers won it, but if Kachuk hadn't scored at the end of the fourth, like let's say same thing happened very beginning of the fifth overtime. He saved you a good 25 minutes there because the, 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 the time only matters in the overtime. Like the time doesn't matter. You're playing until there's a winner. But the time, it's for statistical purposes and also so you can have a break at the end of, you know, so you have an intermission. If he doesn't score in those 12 seconds, we got to get through another intermission. It wasn't hard staying up to watch. I mean, it was, but like, it wasn't hard staying up to watch the game. The problem is staying up through the intermission. That's the hard part. You're not going to fall asleep while the game's on. I mean, maybe Will's really late. The problem is staying up through the intermission. So, huge that Kachuk gets the goal with 12.7 seconds remaining there in the fourth overtime. So we don't have to sit through another intermission of, of, of Liam McHugh and Anson Carter and Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette and Henrik Lundqvist having nothing else to say. And by the way, that TNT, it's amazing how TNT does this. We know TNT's NBA crew inside the NBA, far and away greatest studio show of all time. And, and ESPN, for a, a million different iterations that they put together, cannot come close to replicating what TNT does with the NBA. And you know what? TNT's NHL coverage, their studio crew, so much better than ESPN. That's a good studio show that TNT has for the NHL. But they don't have anything else to say. Like after the first overtime, and they're just, they're killing time. And Liam McHugh is asking the same questions over and over again. And Bissonette's ready to get out of there. And Gretzky's old. Gretzky's ready to get out of there. So, I mean, God bless those guys. You know what I felt bad for too? The Panther game ends. And now Goldie and Randy Moeller, their night begins. They're going on live on Bally Sports Florida to do all the post coverage at 2 a.m. I mean, uh, salute to those guys. That, that's a night's work right there. But anyway. So, the game obviously, here was one of the first things that came to my mind about last night. The game obviously reminded everyone of... That game four, 1996 Stanley Cup final. And I was 15 years old when that happened. I did not see Yui Krupp's goal. I fell asleep at the intermission in between overtime two and overtime three. Fell, it's not like I, you know, was, oh, I'm too tired. I got to go to bed. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't turn the TV off. Time to go to bed. No, I fell asleep in the intermission. That's the hard part. The game's on. I'm not falling asleep. It's how do I kill the next 18 minutes? How do I stay awake? So, I was 15 years old. I was having a very hard time staying awake, obviously. It was the middle of the week. It was a school night. And, (coughs) excuse me. So, we get to that second intermission now. How am I going to stay awake? And I knew I was having trouble. So, I remember, I, I rested the... I was watching in my bedroom. I rested the remote control... On my on the bridge of my nose, like this will keep me awake. I, 
Yeah, who could fall asleep with a remote on the bridge of their nose? I fell asleep immediately. And, and then I woke up, I don't know, probably a, an hour or two later, I don't know. TV's still on. All right, let's see who won. one nothing Avalanche. Damn it. And so then I, I obviously went back to sleep really quick because it's the middle of the night. So the thing that I realized, though, last night, because... And, and the Panthers won last night. Thank God. All right. So understand what I'm about to tell you with the Panthers having won last night. That shit was miserable. That, that, like, that was not an enjoyable experience, that game last night. It was so long. We were so tired. You never knew when it was going to end. It wasn't good hockey. I mean, the goalies made great saves, but it really wasn't good hockey because... Everyone was so tired. It was not crisp. That w- that shit was miserable last night. And the Panthers won. The only thing worse would have been being there. At least here. Game ends. Click. Go to bed. If you're at the game, now you gotta deal with the traffic. You're not getting home for another however long. And who knows when they shut down concessions. Probably several hours ago. There's certainly no more alcohol. The only thing worse would have been being there. That was not a fun experience last night. Thank God the Panthers won. And it's like... So again, okay, so, so let me get back to the original point that I was making there. So it reminds everybody of Game 4, Yui Krupp, 1996 Stanley Cup Finals. If you're old enough to remember. And... I realize now, after that game last night ended, the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup like that sucks. That is a shitty way to win the Stanley Cup. Your entire, you're, you're, you're like, if the Panthers win the Stanley Cup, please, Hashem, please. If the Panthers win the Stanley Cup, God forbid it's like that. Because you're miserable watching this. It's so late. You're so tired. Look at that crowd in Carolina. They had no energy. There was no cheering for all, pretty much all of the overtimes. They, they, they had nothing left. They're forced. Why was the crowd standing the whole time? To keep from falling asleep if they were sitting. And you win the Stanley Cup like that. And then it's like, all right, so it's the middle of the night. But it's not like, all right, let's go to bed. You're going to stay up for the whole celebration, all of it. It's so long. And if your team wins the Stanley Cup, you want to celebrate. You want to have another drink. You want to jump around with your friends. You want to maybe go out that night. Winning the Stanley Cup in the middle of the night, the way the Avalanche did back then in 96, and you're dead tired, and you're miserable watching this game. That's a shitty way to win the Stanley Cup, and I'm just realizing that last night. Just realizing it. So yeah, that game was miserable. Thank God they won. And it's a huge momentum. Like the and what Gretzky talked about this during the intermissions as well. Like Carolina had to have that game once they got after the first like after the second overtime, Carolina had to have that game. Because now there's potentially fatigue tomorrow night. And the Panthers got it. 
They got the game. So there will be some fatigue tomorrow night. And now there's a lot of pressure on Carolina and potential fatigue. And losing that game at home, a four-overtime game, that's a major boost for the Panthers. And that is a killer for the Hurricanes to lose like that on their home ice. It, it, it's, a, it's a different dichotomy if the Panthers lose last night compared to the Hurricanes lose last night. That's a, that's a potentially crushing loss to the Hurricanes. This could be a long series, but that's a potentially crushing loss to the Hurricanes to lose that way. The Panthers losing that way? Okay. Let's go back game two on the road also see if we can get that one. The Panthers winning that one? Massive, massive boost. And you know what? The Panthers dominated the entire OT. They earned that game. That was their game. They, the officials wanted to take it from us. That, that, that one guy was an asshole. The officials wanted to take it from us. I mean, the Ekblad penalty in the first period that the Hurricanes scored on. That was a bullshit cross-check. And if anything, if you're going to call the cross-check there on Ekblad, which resulted in the 5-on-3, and they scored on the second part of the penalty, Ekblad's penalty, should never have gotten a goal there. Should never have been a, pe- a second penalty. If you're going to call Ekblad for that cross-check, you have to call the embellish. There is, I mean, it's like, he, it's like he got shot in the back. You have to call the embellish there. That was a bullshit penalty. And you saw Paul Maurice laying into him. That's on you. That goal's on you. And then he also called him a, uh, you know, rhymes with yak sucker. And then, in overtime, I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm biased. But I told you, there's an element, these Stanley Cup playoffs, where, yeah, we're the Panthers. So we, we like, we're a shitty franchise, so we don't get the calls. That, like, that, that does happen. That is happening. And <clears throat> the Lombard goal, three... You know what? I'm glad the game took forever. Because the referees, you effed that up. And now, you know what? You're going to skate around for a whole four periods more. That, that's your punishment. The Lombard goal, three minutes into overtime, I'm sorry. I'm biased, but I don't see it. I don't see the interference. I don't see it. Was it, was it Colin White? He, he's, getting, he's getting pushed in. He clearly... Gets shoved into the goalie and then does his best to get out of the crease immediately. And on top of it, the goalie Anderson, who was phenomenal last night. The goalie Anderson, he's dead to rights whether White bumps his skate or not. Because he was sliding to the right. He had no chance getting back to the left. Now, I don't know if they're supposed to factor that into the decision. They're probably not. That was a bullshit. I thought, like, they're doing the replay. They're doing the replay. Don Koharski, the official rules analyst, he comes in. He's like, he thought it was going to stay as a good goal. I was certain it was staying as a good goal. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. But the Panthers, if you could stave off, and one of the guys, I think it was Lundquist, Lundquist or Gretzky at the overtime intermission there, he mentioned the Panthers... Like, it was those next five minutes you got to be really careful because you let out all that energy. <coughs> You're like, you let out that relief after Lombard scores the goal, and then you got to get amped back up because it doesn't count. 
You can get caught in those next like five minutes. And the Panthers did a good job making that didn't making sure that didn't happen. And they dominated all of overtime. They really did. The Panthers earned that game so hard. Bobrovsky was phenomenal. Anderson was phenomenal. But Bobrovsky, that's my that's my dog. I mean, who would have been saying that Bobrovsky is their dog? Sergey Bobrovsky. That's my dog. So the Panther, and, and, and by the way, how about this? So Matthew Kachuk gets the winner. And Kachuk had not scored a goal since the first round against Boston. And look, it's, it's fine. You know, you, you beat Toronto in five games. It's a lot different where Austin Matthews and John Tavares don't score a goal and you're down 3 none than if Kachuk hadn't scored a goal and you're up 3 Like It doesn't matter. Kachuk hadn't scored since the first round. And I'm watching Kachuk in overtime. In all the overtimes. And to me, I don't know if you noticed this. To me, he is exhausted. Exhausted. Anytime the puck is near him, he like he's got nothing. He's a total non-factor. So, I obviously was surprised that Kachuk gets the game winner. And I feel like my suspicions of how exhausted Kachuk was was totally confirmed when instead of celebrating his game-winning goal, he immediately starts skating toward the exit and all of his teammates who want to come and celebrate with him, he's just pointing, let's go, let's go, gotta go home, let's go. He, like, I'm done with this game. Yes, there was probably an element of, let's not let them try and do any reviews and take it away from us like the Lombrigal, but I think Kachuk was dead tired and wanted to go home. He was not interested in something. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Time to go home. So, what a night, man. What a night. The Panthers, 1-0. The Heat with a chance tonight to go up 2-0. Hey, it's the weekend. Everybody's excited. You know what's something that can keep you from getting excited over your weekend? If you have a water leak in your home and you can't find where it's coming from. Yeah, it sucks. Well, call or text Water Cleanup of Florida. 954 900-8635. My boys, the Greensteins, they're going to give you that immediate assistance. They have over 60 years of combined experience. They're going to handle any type of leak detection issue. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. After the leak has been located and repaired, water cleanup of Florida, then they're going to clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water cleanup of Florida, fully licensed, insured, certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. You don't have to bring in any other contractors. It's my favorite part. (coughs) They're going to handle the entire project from start to finish. They serve all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram, Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635, or go to WCUFL.com. You can check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635, Water Cleanup of Florida, we clean up your schmutz. So, Panthers dominate that overtime. Pip! Panthers outplayed him first and second period. <laughs> third period, Carolina owned us that third period. First overtime, I thought it was pretty even, maybe the edge to the Panthers. But second, third, fourth overtime, all Panthers. That, that Frederick Anderson, that piece of shit, he was so good in goal for Carolina. But Brovsky was phenomenal also. That 
I'm telling you, man, that that it was hard to watch. It was it was miserable. And here's the thing: I don't know. Like, are you one of those people? I I have I've never necessarily felt this way, but this is the first time the Panthers have had a run in 27 years. So throughout, it, it, it was 27 years ago that they had one of these multiple marathon overtime games. And of course, last night was the longest game by far in Panther history. By far, it was the longest game by about 35 minutes. That's a lot. So during this stretch, and you see all these years, oh, you got this game goes to triple overtime. Oh, this game with a four overtime. Like, it's rare that they go that long, but it could go all night. And, and, and like the next morning, if you're a hockey fan like me, like, do you ever think to yourself, man, I wonder what it would be like for my team, the Panthers, to be in a marathon, multi-overtime playoff game like that? You know, you got these super long OTs, and you always wanted to experience it. There's probably a lot of Panther fans who felt that way. Well, we experienced it last night, and that shit was miserable. I mean, I, I don't ever want to do that again. And I know, you know, I got text messages this morning. Zazlo, did you stay up? Did you stay awake for the... Hell yeah, I stayed up. Of course I stayed up. And I don't ever want to do that again. That shit, it was miserable. Thank God they won. I love you, Matthew Kuchuk. I love you so much. And the way you got to stay up, I mean, like I, I wasn't sitting in the Zazlo Mansion fan room couch on the recliner. I was sitting on the edge of the couch. If I'm, if I'm sitting on the edge of the couch, leaning in, I'm not just going to keel over and fall asleep. I was really tired. And then during overtime, I'm pacing around. I'm walking around. Maybe get it. Well, I don't, I don't think I got a snack yet. I don't think I had a snack. But pacing around during overtime. Scrolling on the phone. You're not going to fall asleep when you're scrolling on your phone. You're not going to fall asleep during that. And then when the game's on, edge of the couch. That's how you stay awake. That's how you don't fall asleep. But... You're wondering what those marathon overtimes are like. There's no way any Panther fan watched last night and ever wants to go through that again. That, that, that shit sucked. It did. It sucked. And that's why you had to win. Because it's not even just about, you know, all right, it's the first game of the series. You're down 0-1 if you're Carolina. But there could be a fatigue factor now tomorrow night. So prime opportunity for the Panthers now to go up 2-0. Tomorrow night in Carolina. What a night. Three wins away from playing for the Stanley Cup. Can you believe that shit? Let me give you Matthew Kachuk's winner. Maybe, maybe you didn't. I know so many people. I got friends who fell asleep. Here's Matthew Kachuk's winner. Bennett keeps the puck alive. Kachuk with a shot. He scores! Matthew Kachuk with 12 and 7, 10 seconds remaining in overtime number four. Matthew Kachuk making like Bo Jackson. <laughs> I mean, how relieved is the broadcast crew? Sucks for, sucks for the studio crew. They still got another like 30 minutes, whatever. But the broadcast crew, and they're calling the whole game. Kenny Albert there, Keith Jones, Eddie Olchick. It's like, gotta go home. Like, how about Doug Plagans? Doug Plagans, Panther Radio, he's on his own. He does, like, or maybe Billy was doing the game with him. I'm not sure, but you know how it works. For radio, you're on the whole time. He's got to be dying by the end of it. 
hats off, man. Not not that Hurricanes Adidas hat. Hats off to to everyone who worked that game last night, man. God bless. You guys were troopers, soldiers last night. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are more identity threats than you realize. Even if you monitor your credit, only a little personal info needs to leak out. Like your social security number or password. For you to become a victim. LifeLock alerts you to threats you could miss. If your identity is stolen, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year. Go to LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, really good stuff, man. It was miserable, but it was good. You know what I'm saying? It was miserable, but it was good. All right. You know what time it is. It's Friday. There's a lot happening this weekend. And you're saying to yourself, Zaslow, I know Justin Termini's coming up. You're going to talk some heat with him. You're going to talk NBA. But before that, I got to know, is it a big game or is it not a big game? Yes, that's right. Big game or not a big game. Every Friday brought to us by Brunt Insurance. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers that comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored exactly to your needs. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance for 10 years now. 954-589-2204. 954-589-2204. That's because I know if I have any questions, I get the man Greg Brunt on the phone right away if I need to. His entire staff, fully licensed. They know whatever area you're calling from. Just recently, they were rated top five insurance agency in the country, number one in Florida. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. You'll get affordable care, the coverage, exactly the coverage you need. You're not going to lie awake at night in bed saying, man, what happens if there's some kind of disaster? Am I going to be all out of pocket? Am I going to go bankrupt? No, because you're going to call Brunt Insurance at 954-589-2204. And they're going to get you the coverage exactly what you need. Bruntinsurance.com. Let's do big game or not a big game. First up, tonight, 830 TNT. Your Miami Heat at the Boston Celtics. Game two. Can we get a similar performance at a Bam at a Bio? I told you, for me, he's the key to this series. 
You know what the boogeyman Jimmy Butler is going to do to the Celtics all series long. Bam Adebayo, super timid last year against Robert Williams. That's not the guy we saw in game one. So right off the bat, Bam with the aggression. 20 points, 8 rebounds, taking it at Williams. That's a tremendous start to the series for the Heat big man. Can Miami continue to get the secondary scoring? You had six guys in double figures. <coughs> excuse me. Six guys in double figures in game one. Can that continue for your favorite little basketball team? The Heat, they don't care about playing in Boston. That building means nothing to them. Can the Heat take a 2-0 series lead tonight? Heat at Celtics. Game two. That's a big game. Vote. All right, everybody calm down. Big game or not a big game? Tomorrow night, 7.30, Apple Plus, Orlando City at Inter-Miami. Your favorite soccer team back home, Drive Pink Stadium. They had a three-game win streak snapped a few days ago. Actually, well, yeah, it's this weekend. Okay, because I was going to say, they played a couple nights ago. Two games in one week. But yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. Sometimes I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. Let's make sure the game is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. So short week here between games for the Panthers. A Panthers. For the Inter-Miami, that's okay. Three-game streak was snapped the other night at Nashville. All right, can they get back in the win column? You know, I don't know if you know. I'm an inaugural season ticket holder for Inter-Miami. But tomorrow night. There's something else going on. We'll get to that in a second. I'm not going to be at the game. Orlando City at Inter-Miami. Not a big game. Yes, I know it's a rivalry game. But when there's other stuff going on that I can't even go to the game, that's not a big game then. Let's be fair. Saturday night. 8 p.m. TNT. Florida Panthers at... Carolina Hurricanes. Game two. Now, I already told you everything that happened game one. Sergei Bobrovsky, he was standing on his head. What do you have, 63 saves, I think it was yesterday? Matthew Kachuk back in the scoring column. Brandon Montour had great opportunities. Montour and Forsling played a fantastic defensive game last night. Sasha Barkov, he got his third goal of the postseason last night. Can he get going? Can the Panthers take a 2-0 series lead in a building that's been a house of horrors for them there in Raleigh? I hate the Carolina Hurricanes. Can the Panthers come home to Sunrise with a 2-0 lead? I don't know, but we'll go find out. Go learn. Panthers at Hurricanes game two. That's a big game. You know it. All right. Saturday night also. 8.30. ABC. Denver Nuggets at Los Angeles Lakers. Game three. The Nuggets win last night. They take a 2-0 series lead over the Lakers. LeBron, AD, both of them not good. Jokic, he's doing his thing. He loves triple doubles. Jamal Murray, 24 points in the fourth quarter last night. A game they trailed by double digits late in the third quarter. The Nuggets own the fourth. And this is a must-win game now tomorrow night for the Lakers. Nuggets at Lakers game three. That's a big game. Finally, got one more for you here. Sunday night, 8 30. 
TNT. Boston Celtics at your Miami Heat. Game three. Will the Heat have a 2-0 series lead and now trying to defend their home court? I don't know. That's in the future. I can't tell the future. But right now, I look at it and say, you know what? A major opportunity in front of us tonight. Game three, that that could be a stranglehold game for your Miami Heat. The crowd at Kaseya Center, that's what they call it this week. The crowd in downtown Miami Kaseya Center, they're going to be on fire no matter what happens. You'll have an opportunity either to go up 2-1 or maybe 3-0 Sunday, 8-30, TNT. Celtics at Heat Game 3, that's a big game. And that right there is another addition. A big game or not a big game. Yes! Brought to us by Brunt Insurance. Get your homeowner's insurance. Car, motorcycle, boat. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. You know what? Obviously, look. I did fall asleep right away when I got to bed last night. Why? Sleeping on my sheets and giggles, yo. My man Colin, founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, huge Miami sports fan. He messaged me like in the middle of the fourth overtime. Yup. I wrote back, like, of course. And then I also wrote, please just win this effing game. I like, I was in such a bad mood in the middle of those overtimes. And I was also super aggravated because they took the goal away. My young my my son Corey, he went to bed late first overtime. I wanted to wake him up at 2 a.m. But here's the thing, it's one of those deals where I wake up, like, I tried this when the Heat won game five against Milwaukee to, to clinch that series. He went to sleep, I, I guess he fell asleep middle fourth quarter maybe, went up to bed, game went to overtime, Jimmy, everybody knows how it went, and the Heat won. And it's one of those deals where, so I went up to his bed, I, I gently woke him, he was looking at me, go, hey, you see me? Do you, do you understand what's going on right now? Are you paying attention? Because, like, you don't know if he's half asleep, if he knows what's going on. It's like, hey, can you hear me? Do you, do you understand what I'm telling you right now? And I told him the heat was like, really? But then in the morning, he still didn't remember that I woke up. You didn't wake Like, yes, I did. They don't remember. So I didn't go into his room to tell him last night because he wasn't going to remember. But anyway, I fell asleep right away. My man, Colin, founder and CEO, Sheets and Giggles, he's diehard with the Panthers and Heat. Sheetsgiggles.com. You're never going to shop anywhere else for your betting. I got the sheets. I got the comfort. I got the eucalyptus pillow. You want to try out a eucalyptus mattress? Sheetsgiggles.com. You're never going to go back. You're going to be one of over... My family is four of over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles. We'll never go back. We are now forever customers at Sheets and Giggles. You will be as well. Hey, use promo code HEAT. Upon checkout, you'll get 25% off your order, all right? Use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off your first order at Sheets and Giggles. Sheetsgiggles.com. You know what I'm talking about. All right. You know what? Before we get to Justin Terminator, we're going to do some NBA with him. Do a lot of NBA with him, actually. Let's get at it here. You're probably saying to yourself, Zaslo, there's so much going on, but uh, you, you, know, you gave me all the big games, but I... I got to mix in some family time. Tell me if there's something out there. Is it a big movie? Or is it not a big movie? All right. Let's do it here. Big movie or not a big movie? I got a few for you here. First up, how about this movie here? This movie is called Master Gardener. It's rated R. 
It's got brief sexual content. It's got language. It's a mystery thriller drama type movie. It's out in theaters today. It stars Joel Edgerton, great actor. Sigourney Weaver. All right. That's a a good cast right there. Let's see what it's about. Directed by Academy Award nominee Paul Schrader, based on his original screenplay, Master Gardener follows Narvel Roth, the meticulous horticulturist of Gracewood Gardens. He is as much devoted to tending the grounds of this beautiful and historic estate to pandering to his employer, the wealthy dowager Mrs. Haverhill. When Mrs. Haverhill demands that he take on her wayward and troubled great-niece Maya as a new apprentice, chaos enters Narvel's Spartan existence, unlocking dark secrets from a buried, violent past that threaten them all. The media score for Master Gardener, 66%. Audience score, 60%. So these aren't, they're all above average, but not high marks. Joel Edgerton is an excellent actor. This sounds like a great role. I'm going big movie on Master Gardener. Yeah, I, I, I'll see that. Big movie or not a big movie. This one is called Sanctuary. It's out in theaters today. It's rated R. It has sexual content and language. It's a mystery thriller. It stars Margaret Qualley and Christopher Abbott. Okay, here's what it's about. Set over the course of one night in a single hotel room, Sanctuary tells the story of a dominatrix and how her wealthy client, about to inherit his late father's position and fortune, Hal tries to end their relationship, but when his attempt to cut ties backfires, Disaster ensues. Rotten Tomatoes media score, 95%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 62%. You know what? I'm going big movie. This sounds this this movie sounds weird. Let's get weird. I don't know who I'm gonna see this movie with, but I'm going big movie. Alright. Big movie or not a big movie. This TV series is called Class of 09. It is out. Last week it came out on Hulu. It's an FX original. It's on Hulu. Excuse me. It stars Brian Tyree Henry and Kate Mara. Here's what it's about. It's it's a uh, it's a mystery thriller. A suspense thriller limited series Class of 09 follows a class of FBI agents set in three distinct points in time who grapple with the immense changes as the U.S. criminal justice system is altered by artificial intelligence spanning multiple decades and told across interweaving timelines, the series examines the nature of justice, humanity, and the choices people make that ultimately define their lives and legacy. The series stars Tayo, one of the most unorthodox agents to ever join the Bureau, and Poet, one of the most successful undercover agents of all time. What kind of names are those? All right. Rotten Tomatoes media score, 61%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 68%. These are not high scores, but 
I'm super interested in this series. Kate Mara, in the, I guess, the third timeline, the futuristic timeline, she's got a glass eye. How'd she get the glass eye? So, I'm gonna go Class of 09. That's a big movie. I'm, I'm, I'm going there. Finally, I got one more for you, ass. Big movie, not a big movie. This movie is called Fast X. It's rated PG-13. It's an action-adventure movie. It's out theaters today. It's got intense sequences of violence. It's got action. It's got language. It's got some suggestive material. It stars Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez and Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris and Jason Momoa. Here's what it's about. Over many missions and against impossible odds, Dom Toretto and his family have outsmarted, outnerved, outdriven every foe in their path. Now, they confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced. A terrifying threat emerging from the shadows of the past who's fueled by blood revenge and who is determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. It's very intense. Rotten Tomatoes media score, 55%. Rotten Tomatoes audience score, 84%. I've told you, I've only seen a couple of the Fast movies, but there is no way you go see one of these movies and you don't leave highly entertained. These movies are great. Fast X, that's a big movie. I think I may see it this afternoon before the heat game with my kids. And that right there is another edition of Big Movie or Not a Big Movie. Yes, love it. Don't forget, Sheets and Giggles, SheetsGiggles.com. You'll be sleeping like a baby, just like everyone in the Zaslow family. All right, so you guys know all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, always brought to us by our official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European roots of the Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Hopefully you didn't drink too much Johnny last night. We're up till 2 a.m. watching the Panthers. There'll be struggle city for you this morning at work. Hey, pick up a six-pack for the weekend at your local Sedano's, Presidente, Win Dixie, Fresco y Mas. Always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, Stay Tranquilo. Joining us here, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. Everybody knows NBA Radio. I love that channel. Justin Termini here with us. Afternoons, of course, with Eddie Johnson. Now, Justin, do you wear it as a badge of honor that the Heat fan hates you? I get t- I get tweets. I get the messages. Zazla, you won't believe what this Justin Termini is saying today about the Heat. Do you wear it as a badge of honor? No, I don't wear it as a badge of honor. And as a matter of fact, like they're very similar to me over the course of the last couple of months. Like there's there's one website down there or Twitter feed, I guess it's Five Reason Sports, that keeps like going back and saying a lot of the stuff that I've said over the course of the last couple of months. And I don't get back and forth with people on, on Twitter anymore and social media because I think it's a lost cause. But like I go back and I look at some of the stuff the people that are working there are saying. They're saying the same exact stuff as me over the last couple of months in regard to Kyle Lowry. And I know you're a big Lowry critic or, you know, 
know, Pat Riley and the, the team that he's put together. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, so I, I feel like everybody's surprised, not just me, who's viewed as like maybe somebody who's critical of the Heat. I think even the locals there are probably surprised by this run that you guys are going through. And I've always given credit, in my opinion, to the people that deserve credit. And right now, the guy front and center of this, really, there's two guys front and center. And that's Jimmy Butler, who's been spectacular. Uh, and that's Eric Spolstra, who without question is the best uh, head coach in the sport. And I think that's one of the reasons they've gotten this far is just how impressive Eric Spolstra has been. He's done an amazing job. So I'll give credit to guys like Spolstra. I give credit to Jimmy Butler. I admit when I'm wrong. I said a couple of weeks ago, along with my co-host, says that Jalen Brown might be the better of the two players. I let off the show after game one. I said, I'm an idiot. So I'll take personal responsibility if I'm wrong. Now, I, I know you're a Boston guy, all right? You, yeah. you grew up a Celtic fan. So how do you experience, like, are you still like, like a fan? Like, how do you experience these games? It's very funny because I feel like I lost like my fandom to a certain extent, uh, but I end up having to root hard for Boston now as a result of like, so I went through like maybe a three or four year period where I wasn't necessarily like crazy about the team or die hard. Uh, but then people know that I'm I'm a Celtic fan, right? Or I grew up a Celtic fan. So then I get so much heat the next day if the Celtics lose. I'm like, I don't want to get this heat or like Eddie will attack me like, oh, the, the Celtics stink. So I'm like, all right, now I have to root for them because if not i'm going to get a hard time from eddie i'm going to get a hard time from the fans uh so i think that's reinvigorated my rooting interest in uh in boston uh and you know personally like i like the nuggets probably just as much as i like the celtics like if i go to a finals where it's celtics and it's nuggets i win either way because i'm in love with Jokic, and i think the heat that he has taken the last couple of years is absolute bs and i'm glad he's shoving it back up the critics butts has this postseason, we'll, we'll get back to the Heat in a second here. I think this postseason has been pretty fantastic. Like, have these playoffs been great? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think the reason is because you don't know who is going to win these series. Like, you look at the second round, for example, Golden State, the Lakers. You could have went either way yeah. with that. With Phoenix, Denver heading in. Now, I think Denver proved to be the much better team, but you said, like, any team could win this series. Heat Knicks, you didn't know who was going to win that series, I don't think. And I think if you were being honest, you would say that. Uh, with the, the the Sixers and the Celtics, like I thought Boston was the better team, but they always do stupid stuff and, and play down to their competition. You didn't know who was going to win that one. That went seven games. So when you don't have a, a foregone conclusion, I think that's great for the sport. You're seeing it in the ratings. It's it's different from the you know several years where you had like Golden State was great. Cleveland was great. We knew what it was going to be in yeah. the end. We even knew who was going to win the finals. Like this, to me, is is awesome. And I think it's due to the parody. Does the Heat being an eight seed, does it offend you? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, do you, do you think the Heat were just messing around in the regular season, not taking it seriously? Like, does it bother you? Well, yeah, it bothers me, but it's not just with them. It's like with the Lakers or any lower seed that has success. Uh, and I, it would bother me if the Clippers made a run here because I always use them as the poster boys, not taking the regular season seriously. Yeah. And you got like the comments from Jimmy Butler. He's like, oh, I don't start trying until after the All-Star break. I don't agree with that. I mean, I want teams that take the regular season seriously. Uh, and the way I look at it is. But I you're not think... a proponent for shortening the season. You're very against that. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I want 82 games. I don't want to lengthen it either. I want 82 games because I think it's important to like, I think the best story, maybe the last uh, 15 to 20 years in the sport was Golden State chasing the 72 wins for the Chicago Bulls. It was riveting stuff. Uh, and like that helps us compare teams from past generations, right? You have the 2013 uh, Heat who won the 66 games, right? Yep. I want to be able to say like they won 66. You got the uh, Bulls there in, in 96 who won 72. You got the Celtics in 86 who won six. 67 you've got uh, uh so you're, you're big you're big into the stats that that it, it bothers you if the stats are not going to be uh comparable exactly because how do how else do we compare generation to generation it's a very baseball it's- thing you know Exactly. And I think we've lost a little bit of it. We lost it with baseball because of the steroids. And now you've lost it a little bit, even with the season being the same length, you've lost it a little bit because this is essentially the steroid era uh, of basketball where all the numbers are inflated. What do you make of Jimmy Butler? And what I mean by that is uh, obviously he's phenomenal, but it's hard to explain. There aren't very many star superstar players who like to me, a superstar player is a guy who's a superstar in the regular season. 82 games, shit teams all throughout. You have great numbers, and you can replicate those numbers in the playoffs when you're playing a great team every single night. That's a superstar. Jimmy Butler takes those star numbers, and he is leaps and bounds better than those numbers in the postseason. How do you explain it? Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like, I don't know if it's the effort level. I mean, he kind of came out and admitted it, right? By saying he, had, he, he was, was all NBA second team. Play. He was pretty great this year, you know? Well, I, I agree. Uh, and it's like what we see in the regular season, he's not this player in the postseason. That's why, like I've said, uh, we stumbled on the conversation yesterday. You know how you'll have stuff where you plan out, hey, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about that. Then there's other stuff you stumble on. And we talked about how, like, Jimmy Butler is – if he won a championship, he wouldn't be the worst, like best player on a championship team. Like he's that talented, Who would but he be? might, he might be, well, I guess you would have to go to like the Pistons and yeah. say like Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Rasheed yeah. Wallace, maybe somebody from the 79 Sonics. But the, the point is he might be the worst regular season player of any team to, you know, best player to win a championship. Cause he's not the same player in the regular season that he is the postseason. I wouldn't call him one of the 10 best players uh, in the regular season, but I call him one of the five best postseason performers. Is he a hall of famer? Very difficult question. It's I guess so hard. Depend, yeah. I think it's going to depend on, well, first of all, I will say yes. Uh, but that's not like my hall of fame, right? Cause there's several guys that wouldn't be in my hall of fame. Uh, you look at like people talking about Andre Iguodala and they talk about it. Like it's a foregone conclusion. Andre Iguodala is in the hall of fame, not in my hall of fame, but I think the, the way the current NBA hall of fame or the basketball hall of fame is set up. Andre Iguodala probably is, but if he wins a championship, uh, he probably is a hall of famer. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I think already is a hall of famer. Uh, you look at the team they're playing, right? Like, all right, Jason Tatum, probably going to be a hall of famer whether he wins a championship or not uh because he puts together the great regular seasons but al horford's another guy like all right al horford has the college championships he wins a championship here in the nba decent nba career bunch of all-star games but not like a a, like all-time player he probably makes the hall of fame but yeah if jimmy butler wins a championship uh this year he's going to the hall of fame do you think other you know we've seen these coaches fired over the last few weeks championship coaches Do you think other team owners look at the Miami Heat and they're like, they're doing it with undrafted this guy and undrafted this guy and undrafted this guy and undrafted this guy. Why aren't we able to do that? Do you think other owners are having conversations like that? 
Well, there's a lot of conversation I'm sure owners have. Like I'm watching that Lakers game last night, and I'm sure Ted Leonsis, now they already got rid of Tommy Shepard, but he's probably going, how the heck did did we give this guy up for Kendrick Nunn and a couple of second round picks? So he's agitated about that. And I'm sure there's other owners around the sport going like, why is Spolstra able to do this with guys that are undrafted when we've got like a bunch of top picks uh, and, and we can't do this. And I think one of the reasons is like, I'm critical of Pat Riley. Cause I always say like, all right, go do that out in Milwaukee, go do it in Minnesota. Like I think he's benefited from the fact that he's in Miami and he get guys like LeBron and Shaq, down there, Jimmy Butler, because, you know, those guys aren't going to be, let's be honest, they're not going to demand trades to Milwaukee or, or to Minnesota. They're doing it there. So I think it's a built-in advantage. But where I give Pat Riley credit is he gives his head coach the power. He is like, I'm not firing this guy. I don't care what the stars think. You're going to listen to him. And how many organizations can you say that about? Maybe it's just Miami. Maybe it's San Antonio. It used to be maybe in Utah with Jerry Sloan. But I think that's probably the list. Uh, yeah, and even with Jerry Sloan, there was essentially an end date, you know, because he had the yeah. whole dust up with Darren Williams and it ended yeah. for him. You're right. Like, it's it's so rare. Um, let's, uh, uh, as far as the Heat go, the rest of this series, I think the biggest key for them, last postseason against Boston, Bam Adebayo really yeah. had a difficult time against Robert Williams. Bam would get the ball, and he was intimidated by this great defender. And I felt going into this series... You know, if we got the last season, last postseason against Boston, if we got the BAM that we got, the aggressive BAM that we saw most of this yep. regular season, the Heat win that series last year. So I felt going into this series, I think it's a redemption type series for BAM, or it can be. And I think we saw that in game one. A hundred percent. I And I said this, I don't know if you listened to the show yesterday with Eddie and myself, I said the same exact thing is that, and we said the same thing last year about that series, that Bam Adebayo's lack of aggression really cost him that series. It came down to a Jimmy Butler missed three and he got no help from Bam in regards to the consistency. I think Bam had like a Bam was great game. that game seven, but the rest exactly. of the series. Exactly. He And he had like a 31 point game and uh, it's all about his aggression. But I think that's probably a frustration Heat fans have always had with Bam Adebayo. If he's looking for his shot then yes he's a big help if he's not and if you go back and like look at the game logs the last you know two years and I thought his series against the Knicks by the way was one of the better that he played but you go back and you look at like his game logs from last year and it frustrates you when you see like he took five shots he took seven shots he took six shots can't have that bam gotta have the bam that took you know maybe even want more than the 13 he took in game one he was really efficient I think he was nine to 13 but you get that aggressive bam out of bio then yeah that's a that's a big win for you and the other thing with like Butler who's fantastic player right we were just waxing poetically but I think it's the same thing about him that it is with Bam to a lesser extent and listen Jason Tatum's in the same boat right where you'll look at Tatum and you'll see like this awesome game and then you'll see the dip if you go back and look at what Jimmy Butler did he was historic last year and I think it was four games right historic then he had the three games where it was like six eight and 12 points or something like so you just want the consistency out of Butler where every single night it's around 30 points uh, and, you know, he's doing what the game needs. Uh, you can't afford to have him fluctuating and yo-yoing like we're seeing Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Let's uh, let's look at Boston here. I, I, I don't know the team as well as you do, obviously. Yeah. But from what I see with Joe Missoula, who's obviously become a punching bag, gives off a little bit of smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah to me all right and you know 
I get it that it's been his thing all year. Like, he didn't forget to call a timeout in the third quarter. It's been his thing all year long. But for me, it's like, if Eric Spolstra will call a timeout after two consecutive baskets to break up your run, I feel like you could use a timeout instead of just letting you guys figure it out. Yeah, I tweeted it out right after Spolstra did it. I didn't tweet in the third quarter of Missoula didn't call a timeout, which I thought was ridiculous. I did tweet it, I think it was seven consecutive points the Celtics uh, scored to open the fourth quarter uh, to cut it from a 12-point lead to a five-point lead. And what did Spolstra do? Spolstra said, like, even if you don't have any, even if Spolstra has nothing to say to his team or he has no play to draw, Right. Like, I don't care. Call the timeout, sit there and like just use it to cool off the other team and to, you know, to change the mindset a little bit. So Missoula doesn't even have to say anything. It's a 46 to 25 quarter. All right. You, you, at one point, you're up by 12. That lead completely dissipates and you're not going to change the feel of the game at all. I got a major problem with it. And yeah, like the smartest guy in the room thing. We had Charles Barkley on the show yesterday and unsolicited. He brought up like, what are you doing going at it with the media? Like, you know, every coach is going to have a good game. Every coach is going to have a bad game. Uh, You don't sit there and brag to the media when you have a good game. You just let the results speak for themselves. Jokic, everybody is on Jokic's case the last two years. The guy can't win. The guy's a stack pad or the guy's only winning MVPs because of analytics or because of his race. Is he fighting with the media? Is he bragging to the media after every big game? No, he's going out there and winning. And once he wins, then that'll shut the media up. And that's what Joe Mazzulla has got to do. What about Tatum here? Uh, did, did I would assume you had a big problem with his fourth quarter performance game one. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And to me, it's flummoxing in that you, you got game six where he scores 16 points in the fourth quarter. Then you look at game seven, he gives you 51 points, historic performance. Then in the first half of game one, 18 points. So this guy is absolutely rolling. Like he's putting together a six quarter stretch or so, seven quarter stretch where he's playing the best basketball, maybe of the postseason from anybody. Yeah, it's like it's like eighty five points in a game and a half. He was running exactly on. like so. He is playing at the highest possible level. Then he takes four shots in the second half, and he doesn't take one shot in the fourth quarter. And yeah, that's on him for the most part. Like that's on him, but it's also on the coach. Hey, let's call a timeout and draw up a play for him to get him the basketball. So it goes back to Missoula a little bit. Uh, But Tatum's had this tendency throughout the course of his career, and that's the one issue where Marcus Smart, he was fantastic in the first half. He's setting up all his teammates. He's got 10 assists. Uh, And, you know, I think he's an underrated player, but that's where you'd like having that old school point guard where Chris Paul's going to go like, this guy definitely needs a shot. Kyle Lowry's going to go like, this guy definitely needs a shot. Uh, and that's one of the things they're lacking uh, as well. So it's on Tatum, but it's also on the point guard. It's on his teammates. And it's on Joe Missoula to make sure that he's featured. I hate series is over type questions. You know, first two games, is this series over? You know, like yeah. I saw on first take yesterday, is is Boston in trouble? Uh, well, I mean, like they're in trouble because they're playing a, a team that can't beat them, but they're not in trouble because they lost game one, you know? Uh, yeah. But Tonight, you know, if, if Boston were to go down 0-2, this Boston team can win in Miami. We, we we see it every year, all right? Is it big trouble if Boston loses this game tonight? Oh, absolutely. You can't drop the – you could drop the first two games like the Lakers did to Denver, and I yeah. still think Denver's going to win that series. But you lost them on the road, okay? Yeah. So, uh, and your guy, Pat Riley, I think the one that said, uh, you know, your series doesn't start. Until I hate you, that phrase. Yeah. I hate no, that I, phrase. So do I. Uh, but the point is, is that – you can lose two games to begin a series at, at on the road and still come back and win. It's not going to be easy, but you do that at home and it becomes significantly harder. 
I guess I would count out most teams. I went with Boston only because look at like two road wins that they've gotten in the last two years. Game six on the road, they lose, they're eliminated. Tatum gives you 46 points. Uh, Philadelphia on the road, game six, you lose. Uh, Tatum gives you the 16 points there in the fourth quarter. They win. So they've won some pretty big road games with their back up against the wall. So I wouldn't say it was over, but I would say that they're, they're like messing with fire. And the, the issue with Boston is, and I think you'd agree with this, you know, they were better than Milwaukee last year, right? Uh, and it went seven games. You played with fire, but you you took care of business. Miami last year, you're a better team than Miami last year, talent-wise, but you played with fire. That went to seven games. It shouldn't have been. It should have been a hard five or like maybe an easy six. Uh, then you're better than Philadelphia this year, went seven games, but you, you know, you won game seven. Eventually, you're going to go seven games with a team that you're more talented than, and you're not going to you're not going to get lucky. You're going to lose. Somebody's going to get hot. Duncan Robinson's going to hit five threes. Uh, you know, Gabe Vincent's going to you know hit five threes on seven attempts, something like that, and you're going to end up losing, even if you are the better team. Let's talk a little bit about the Western series here. I think going into the series, I think everybody got a little bit caught up in what a cool story it is with the Lakers. They make the trades in the middle of the season. LeBron's 38 years old. It's L.A. And I think the reality of it is Denver is just a lot better than them. Yeah, L.A. is a really good team. Uh, they've got plenty of depth. Uh, they're a very good defensive team. Uh, they just got together, and it's the same issue that, that Phoenix had. Like, they don't have the continuity. Now, I think the Lakers are better than Phoenix because they're much deeper than Phoenix. But these guys are, are playing on a string right now. They know each other. They know the insides and outs of, of their games. And I think that's something that I miss about, like, the 80s and 90s where, uh, and this is what Golden State has and I love, uh, is, all right, if we're as equally talented or maybe we're a little worse, uh, at least we have that experience together where we've been in these spots. And that's the benefit of like taking the regular season seriously, right? Uh, is that you work on the stuff that you're going to need to do. Uh, so once you get to the postseason, it's second nature. And I think that Denver has that down the stretch of games. And that's not something that, that LA has. Now, can LA win this series? Can they come back and make it seven? Absolutely. But yes, the better team is is Denver. And one of the reasons is, is what people are finding out right now. The best player in the world is Nikola Jokic. It's, you know, I, I mentioned this a few days ago on Twitter. Uh, did, did, did you vote for M N NBA awards? Did you have votes? Uh, I, yes, I did. I did. Who'd you vote for MVP? I, I voted for Embiid, but that's different than saying I think Embiid is the best player. I well, yeah, like, like like the point that I was I was making was I I, I get Embiid winning the award. It's fine. Like Shaq won it one time. It, it doesn't yeah. go to the best player. But yeah. I mean, Justin, I watch these games now. And especially because Embiid flamed out the way he did. And now you see what Jokic is doing. Like he's. He's not even close. Embiid's not even close to the player Jokic is. No, I, I agree with that. My co-host, uh, Eddie Johnson, on my show disagrees. We fight about it significantly. Uh, and uh, so all I want is fair treatment. Like, so we went out to the draft lottery and talked to a bunch of guests over the last couple of days that uh, that are involved in like the first take type of programs, Richard Jefferson, Monica McNutt, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and one of the questions I had, are we going to see the criticism for Joel Embiid? Because now I, I don't necessarily know if Embiid deserves to be criticized rushed but i just want fair treatment i don't want the hypocrisy and what Jokic had to go through the last two years despite not having his two best teammates was an absolute travesty uh and he was like used as fodder just to uh you know to be able to do a show and the people that were talking about him uh unfairly like slandering him okay well if you got on Jokic's case 
I guess it's fair then to do it on Embiid because Embiid played much worse after winning the MVP than Jokic ever did. And, you know, Embiid didn't have the excuse of missing multiple teammates, whereas Jokic had that excuse. What's going to happen with Philly this offseason? But it's it's a mess uh, because uh, the one thing I'd be the most concerned about is just like when is Embiid going to lo- lose his cool? Now I don't think Embiid's been a good postseason player, but I also think that organization has uh, just you know it's been filled with malpractice uh, in regards to like the roster they put around him. Uh, they had all these assets, they messed them up from you know taking multiple centers when they've already got these guys on the roster like Okafor and Noel. Uh, you know, you're trading Mikhail Bridges, who would be a perfect spot. Uh, you know, that'd be a perfect spot for him. The Jason Tatum fiasco with the trade backwards. You know bringing in Jimmy Butler, choosing Ben Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris, the max contract. They have made so many mistakes surrounding Joel Embiid that you feel bad for him in that regard. Uh, But if they lose, like it's a double-edged sword. You give James Harden a four-year deal, like you're screwed there, right? But if James Harden walks for nothing and you replace him with nothing, you're kind of screwed there uh, and you certainly take a major step back. So they're in a really difficult spot to me. I think they're going to give Harden the money. Oh, I, I do too. Uh, now, whether he takes it, if he has like an equal offer from uh, from Houston, I you don't buy know. that that he just wants Jordan. to go back to Houston. You you buy that? Uh, yeah, I'm like yeah, I I kind of do. Uh, but that would tell me like, all right, he prioritizes like lifestyle and not getting the pressure and just being able to take a ton of shots and be the man in town. Like that's what it would tell me about Harden. But yeah, I, I guess I kind of buy it. You don't? Uh, well, I I think I buy it from the perspective of that he's going to choose lifestyle because he seems to be that kind of guy who prioritizes lifestyle ahead of working super hard and winning a championship. But I mean, it's kind of unprecedented that you would leave the team that's offering you or can offer you more money. Who's a good team. I mean, I, I, I I don't, you know, whatever my opinion, but they're a good team and you're going to a team that's definitely terrible and it's in disarray. So it's, it's kind of unprecedented that he would do that. No, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's not the same thing, but it was like, to me, it was Kawhi uh, uh, prioritized lifestyle when he left Toronto for the uh, for the Clippers. Now, he didn't go to a you know, horrific They were team. already good. They were a playoff yeah. team. They were a good team. Yeah, they were a playoff team. Plus, he was bringing Paul George with him, but it was still like you're leaving something where you got a chance to win the championship the next year and you're a better team uh, for something that you're making a decision lifestyle on. Uh, but yeah, if like, so I think, don't you think they're kind of screwed either way? Like they bring him yeah. and give him four, four years yeah. Like they're screwed because they, yeah. then they can't add around and be moving forward. Uh, but then he leaves and they're screwed because as much as you want to crap on Harden and what he did at times, like he was their best player in two of the three wins that they got uh, in the series against the Celtics. And he did lead the league in assists this year, averaging 20 and 10. And he was a borderline all NBA guy when I had to go fill out the ballot. I didn't put him there, but I could have easily put him there. So like as, as frustrating as he is, he's like still a really good player. You'd be losing for nothing. But if you can't count on him in the postseason, it doesn't mean anything. And, and we've seen yeah. like can't count on him in the postseason. It means nothing. I, I agree, but again, he was still the best player yeah. you had in two of your postseason wins. If they didn't have him yeah. this year, they would have lost in what five games uh, instead of uh, uh, instead of seven. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's I don't it's a difficult decision for Daryl Moore. Lastly, here Justin Termini, were you rooting watching the draft lottery? Uh, by the way, like you, you were out there, were yeah. like did you get to experience the whole process at all? 
No, no, I'm so I'm in the hallway outside of where they do the drawing and outside of where they have the uh, the actual. But did you get to watch like the show, the TV show live? No, because I was on I was on air as it was happening. So uh, we're basically getting the picks uh, right as they're taking place, and then I'm reacting to them live on air as it unfolds. Was there a team you were hoping you thought you know it'd be cool if this team got the number one pick? Uh, I thought Orlando would be pretty cool with like all the length and they're ready to win right now. Like I think they're going to make the, the postseason next year anyway, even without Victor Wembanyama. So I thought they would have taken a massive leap forward. I mean, I guess it would have been cool to watch him playing with uh, with uh, LaMelo Ball. The most interesting one from the perspective of like a talk show is probably Portland because then it's like, do they now trade Damian Lillard or do they keep him and do they try and team him up? Because uh, like... My perspective, Portland lands him. You got to trade Lillard because he's no longer your priority. Now you have to do everything that you can to cater to Wembenyama. And yes, like maybe you're a competitive team this year with both those guys, but it'd be better to make sure, hey, we're going to be really solid in four or five years. And if we get picks in return for Lillard, we get some young players, we can team Wembenyama up with those guys. Like, so I thought that would have been fascinating to be able to discuss over the next couple of months. Why do I watch Wembenyama highlights? And when I watch Chet Holmgren highlights, I feel like Chet Holmgren is going to break. I don't feel that way watching Wembenyama. Yeah, maybe it's because you've already seen Chet uh, break a little bit. Uh, but I mean, it, it is a very good point. Uh, and this guy just, like, I've watched a bunch of his games on the NBA app, so you can do that, and they're still playing. And I also uh, have called, I called the game a couple of weeks ago that he did. And I'm telling you, it is scary because not only does he have all the physical gifts, right? He's got the mentality as well. I saw him, like, uh, read a passing lane, and then he's got these long arms, right, the wingspan, and he just took the ball and he goes down the other way and dunks it. That was like a minute into the game. So the combination of physical gifts and the IQ, like this is a guy that's doing the Pete Maravich dribble drills. I don't know if you did those as a kid where he's got the VHS test, uh, the VHS uh, <laughs> uh, tape, and, and Maravich is running through all uh-huh. the drills. He's 7'4 doing that type of stuff. And I'll tell you, like, we always ask guys like, you know, cause I don't watch colleges closely and certainly not overseas. So we sit down with a guy at the draft, the lottery, and we're talking to these guys for the first time. I'll say like, who did you watch growing up? Who do you pattern your game after? And like, for example, Scoot Henderson, you can come up with a million examples of Scoot plays like this guy. He plays like that guy. You can't do that with Wembenyama. He is so much different than anything we've ever seen. I guess maybe the closest offensively is Durant. Durant, even to this day, cannot dribble the basketball right. like like Wembenyama. Durant's got ball handling issues. Wembenyama at 19 doesn't have those issues. Crazy. Uh, Justin, tell everybody how they can catch you, of course. Uh, the Heat haters know exactly when to – I mean, the, the ones who call you a Heat hater know exactly when to catch you. Tell everyone else when they can catch you. Yeah, we're praising the Heat the last couple of days, so jump on board. Uh, but you can get us on Sirius XM NBA Radio if you have a subscription to that. If you don't have the subscription, uh, you can watch us for free. Uh, all you have to do is download the NBA app, and then you go to the little watch option there. And between 4 and 7 Eastern time, when we're live, uh, you can click in and uh, and you can watch Eddie Johnson and myself. Again, 4 to 7 Eastern time, Zach. How about I'm getting you out of here without any of the John Moran bullshit? You don't have to answer any of that stuff. How about that? That that's a relief. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate just because, like, the playoffs, like you mentioned, have been awesome, yeah. and we're sitting here, we're talking about John Morant, and unfortunately, that's what the public wants as well. I was on the air the day after Game Seven, as Celtic Sixers, historic rival. 
Tatum, a historic game, 51 in the game seven. The next day we jump on the air, the entire like lines, you know, when you get all the calls, jaw this, jaw that, jaw. It's yeah, because he released the statement in like the fourth quarter of the game, right? Exactly. From chat, what is it? Chat GPI. I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what uh, that is. Spits it out. I don't know what it is either, but apparently artificial intelligence wrote it for him. Great job, Justin. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate All it. Right, yeah, you're, you're going to return the favor because we're going to have yes. you on at some point next week. Uh, so uh, I'll give you a ring for that. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. All right, we're almost there. It's almost time for the weekend, and you know how we close the show. Let's do big deal or not a big deal. Hey, thanks again, by the way, Justin Termini. He's always excellent. And, of course, joining us there on the Johnny Cuba guest line. Big deal or not a big deal. Hey, if you're dealing with water mold or fire damage in your home or your business, that could be a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal. The guys who are going to tell you are my guys, the Greensteins at Water Cleanup of Florida. 954-900-8635 or go to WCUFL.com. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. All right. Big deal or not a big deal? How about the Miami Marlins? They win their fourth consecutive game yesterday. They complete another sweep. This time, it was the Washington Nationals. In the eighth inning yesterday afternoon, the Marlins were up 4-3. Nick Fortes gave a little bit of insurance. He may have another run to work with. Base hit, Fortes, a run is home. Burdick goes to third. And Nick Fortes gives the Marlins a 5-3 lead. Marlins win 5-3. Four wins in a row has them 23-21. They begin a three-game series tonight at San Francisco. Marlins are second right now in the NL East. You know what? I'm going to go big deal. How about that? Big deal or not a big deal? So, it looks like it's not confirmed, but it looks like San Francisco, Levi Stadium, they're going to get... Super Bowl 60. I'm going not a big deal. Super Bowl is their Super Bowl 50. I, I, don't, I don't think it's such a big thing. Okay, good for them out there in San Francisco. Great stadium, great site. San Francisco's getting Super Bowl 60. I'm going not a big deal. Whatever, so what? Big deal or not a big deal? Tonight, Game 1, Western Conference Stanley Cup Finals. Dallas Stars, Vegas Knights. Why is this not in big game or not a big game? That's a good question. I don't know. But we want to see who the Panthers would potentially face in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, Dallas versus Vegas, game one. I got a big deal. Yeah, let's do a big deal. Finally, big deal or not a big deal. So, last night, post-game show, NHL on TNT. Panthers win in four overtimes. NHL on TNT has a very good studio crew, just like the NBA. Well, they reenacted their crew. They reenacted the final play, the series clinching goal that Nick Cousins had in Toronto with Paul Bizonette playing the role of Ratko Goonis. Milk cartons. Can we run that one more time quickly so you can see the interference? Okay. Stickhold? They got cheated. Okay. Got All right. Uh, yes. This is still sour. This is a little uh, sour. All right. I'm poopy pants. We're, right. we're, we're already another win past that game. Yeah. Exactly. Are you ready to run through this? Sure. Right, you're, right, am, go. I, am I Goonis? Go. Right. Yes, you're Goonis. <laughs> so, Gretz is the defenseman? But I don't know what I am. I'll be the defenseman. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got to step up. I'm out of shot here. Okay. 
Well, the, so I got to kick it out to somebody, and I'm Gudis who starts okay, the playoffs. Okay, yeah. And I'm going to kick it out to Cousins. Okay. Yeah. And I come in. <laughs> Give me the stick! That's mine! <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then you're oh, down no, on your knee no, no. I, I shouldn't I guess yeah, you, know yeah. you get down and yeah. then I go <gasps> and then I skate off and celebrate with my team thanks for showing up tonight folks hang on I know Viz. it's been a long Viz, one hold on you oh, gotta, hey there you gotta show the camera though the scream <laughs> I'm going big deal that's an excellent Radko Gudis impression and reenactment there by Biz Nasty if you're not paying attention to the NHL on TNT studio show it's good. It's fun. Those guys do a really good job. Paul Bissonette, Radko Gudis, Ago Big Deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Always brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida. If you think you got a mold problem, fire damage, water, make sure you let Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635, tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Yes! All right, and so it continues. Day three, right? Two nights ago, heat. Last night, Panthers. Tonight, heat again. Day three. Can we make it three straight days to start out this potential two-week stretch of incredible sports action here in South Florida? Hey, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us again this week. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, get at me. My DMs are open. You can always hit me up, jonathanzaslow at gmail.com. My email address is in my Twitter bio. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at Zaslow Show. Instagram, where I'm an influencer, at Zaslow J. Please like, rate, comment on the show, wherever you're listening on the podcast. And tell, tell, tell all your friends, tell your family, all right? I'm super appreciative of everyone. Hey, thanks to everyone who helped put together a great show today behind the scenes. Your work is always super appreciated. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 on Monday. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.